of the Pharisee and the publican. And really thinking about praying and how we should pray. Now, in a sense, prayer is perhaps an easy thing to do. But in another sense, it's very hard. It's easy that we don't have to go to a certain place or a certain time. We can pray to the Lord anytime and in any place. So in a sense, it's it's easy in that respect. But it's hard, isn't it? Because Satan doesn't want us to be praying. And there are many hindrances that we have uh, to prayer. Perhaps if you're at home and praying and then the phone rings or the doorbell rings, we're, I'm sure, all familiar with things like that. And then our own distracting thoughts as well can crowd in. Now, the previous parable in this chapter, verses 1 to 8, speaks there about the importunate widow. And that teaches us to pray and not to faint, as verse 1 says. And and that's right, isn't it? We are to pray, and, and not just sort of pray about something once, but keep praying. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And the Lord loves to hear our prayers. I think it was said of George Muller's brother. George Muller prayed many years for his brother's conversion. And he kept praying and praying. And then George Muller died. But it was after George Muller died that his brother was saved. So... Keep praying. That is what we are told in verse 1 to do. So we have in verses 9 to 14 of how we should pray and how we shouldn't pray as well. In verse 9, he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Sort of those who thought they were self-righteous, perhaps condescending towards other people. But our righteousnesses, as we read, are as filthy rags. The righteousness that we need is that which the Lord gives. The imputed righteousness of Christ over to us. That's the righteousness and that we need. Our righteousnesses, as I said, are filthy rags and in no way can we save ourselves 100%. We, and even if Say 99 point, if we were righteous of ourselves, 99.9%, that wouldn't be sufficient. No, we need 
the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. But of course, you know, even as believers, we, 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 we do feel our sin, don't we? I think that's, that's a sign that we are the Lord's people, that we do, we, are, we do feel our sinfulness and our, our weakness and our, we're not to sort of, sort of wallow in them, but to realize that, yes, we're still sinners, but we've known the grace of God, but we're still sinners, and that all the time we're needing that righteousness of Christ imputed, bestowed upon us. So let's not trust in our righteous or, or in, our, in our good works, in our good deeds for the day. No. We, we can't do good works 100% uh, either. And even the good things that we do, they're sort of tinged, aren't they, with uh, sin as well. No, we need to rely on the righteousness of Christ and the finished work, the work of Christ. That's the good work that we should be relying on, the finished good work of the Lord Jesus Christ. There who died in our place, who lived, he lived that perfect life and then died that atoning death and of course gloriously risen again on the third day. So God the Father gave a receipt to his Son. He said, all is paid. And like in raising him from the dead, all is paid. All the sins of all my people are paid for in the life and in the death and the shedding of blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we have these two men, don't we? This Pharisee and a publican who went up into the temple to pray. Very much opposite ends of the social cycle. Went up, probably up, up the hill to the temple to pray. Verse 11 says, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. But he didn't pray, did he? He was just boasting about how good he was, rattling on about just how, how righteous, how good he was, and comparing himself to others and being condescending towards others and exalting himself. I thank thee that I am not as other men are, are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even more personally, referring to the publican, or even as this publican. Perhaps he was on a lower level than the, the, the other ones, the extortioners and 
adulterers and unjust mentioned before. And so, with this publican, he was on a lower level to them. I fast twice in the week, verse 12, I give tithes of all that I possess. Well, he, he perhaps he didn't need to, perhaps that was over doing things. He didn't need to fast twice in the week. And, you know, again, he's boasting about what he was doing and giving tithes of all that I possess. I thought that perhaps that would help in sort of doing above the call of duty. Well, I'm sort of doing more than I'm required to do. You know, that's surely going to be my favour that I'm doing more than I than I'm doing with this fasting and with with this charitable giving. There's nothing wrong with good works. It's good to do good works, of course. But we aren't to boast about them or to rely upon them for our salvation. But of course, it's, it's the motive as well, isn't it? Behind good works, isn't it? Sometimes people do good because they've got a bit of an ulterior motive. But as the Lord's people, we are here, aren't we, to glorify God? And so our motive should be to glorify God. It's not about making a name for ourselves. We want to obviously do good to people. That's right to do that. But it's not about making money for ourselves or making a name for ourselves. But we are here, aren't we, to glorify God. As the shorter catechism says, man's chief end, to glorify God and then to enjoy him forever. J.C. Ryle says, one great defect stands out on the face of this prayer. A defect so glaring that even a child might mark it. It exhibits no sense of sin and need. It contains no confession and no petition. No acknowledgement of guilt and emptiness. No supplication for mercy and grace. It is a mere boasting recital of fancied merits accompanied by an uncharitable reflection on a brother sinner. It is a proud, high-minded profession, destitute alike of penitence, humility, and charity. In short, it hardly deserves to be called a prayer at all. And that was the words of J.C. Concerning this Pharisee's prayer, in quotes, and say he doesn't deserve to be called a prayer full of, full of himself, isn't it? Full of the good things about him, the good things that he's done. No sense of his unworthiness, or sin, or guilt, or need for mercy and grace. And I trust that when we come to the Lord in prayer that we, we haven't got that kind of spirit, that we realize we're coming to a holy God and we are sinners 
we're still sinners and we are in need of mercy and grace and more of it as life goes by and that we're totally incapable of saving our souls. Our souls are are dead in trespasses and in sins. And it's only the Lord that can quicken us, make us alive. Just as if there was a dead body in front of us, we can't make the dead body sit up and the person walk. It's only the Lord that can give life. This Pharisee was being sort of thankful. Now, we are to be, of course, thankful, aren't we? But not in the way that he was. There's lots of things that we should thank God for. Obviously, our salvation and and his mercy and his grace. And just personally today, Anna myself, just thankful Uh, that we were kept after the accident earlier. And there are those that we thank God for. And we had a a lot of, even today, after what happened, there was a lot of prayers going up for us and a lot of uh, concern from different ones phoning up, Christian brothers and sisters, and, uh, you know, it's such a great comfort knowing that people remembering us and praying for us uh, and help, helping us at this time. So there's lots of people and lots of things that we should give thanks to the Lord for. And we read, don't we, in Thessalonians about in everything giving thanks. Not for everything. We don't, we don't give thanks to God. Oh, thank you, Lord, that somebody went in the back of our car. You know, that's absurd to say that. But we are thankful that we were kept, that we weren't injured, and nor was the other person either. Cars can be written off and replaced but uh, no lives were lost or injured. So much cause to be thankful. And recently, too, we had, a, we had a water leak at home. And we, again, we're not thankful for burst pipes, but it happened when we were at home. It could have happened when we were away and come back to a flooded house. But it happened when we were there, and we were able to then uh, stop the water and and wasn't too bad to, to clear up. But just imagine if we'd been away, even for a day, and all this water would have gone everywhere. So even in tough times and trials and things, there is cause in there to still be thankful uh, to the Lord. And then we read, don't we, of the publican. Verse 13, 
standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Just a short prayer, seven words there, God be merciful to me, a sinner. But he said more in those seven words than the Pharisee did, rattling on as he did in the previous uh, verses. And he, uh, he recognized the mercy of God. And that's a, that's a wonderful theme, isn't it? The, the mercy of God that we have in Scripture. We have, like the word often, there's accompanied with manifold, and it, as in Nehemiah 9, 19 and 27, or tender mercies in Psalm 69, 14, or sure mercies, Acts 13, 34. And in Psalm 136, there we have about enduring mercy, and each verse of that psalm speaks of the Lord's mercies enduring forever. Mercy is not being given what we deserve. Grace is being given you know, is being given certainly what uh, we don't deserve. Mercy is not being given what we deserve. Because we deserve, don't we, the wrath of God. Lord, if, as the psalmist says, if thou shouldest mark iniquity, who could stand? But isn't it wonderful that God doesn't deal with us after our sins? Because if he did give us what we deserve by nature, then we wouldn't stand. But then, of course, the wonderful grace of God that we have given then so much more that we certainly don't merit at all. The wonderful, it's wonderful, isn't it, to think of mercy and grace together. <coughs> Habakkuk 3.2 says, Lord, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known. In wrath remember mercy. And perhaps that is often perhaps our prayer when we look at the state of the world. And we say, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. With all that's, this sin that's going rampant around, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Lamentations and chapter 3. Yes, they're new every morning. It's not as though we have leftovers. We have mercies and grace each day, new every morning. Fresh supplies 
because God is a God who gives and gives and he gives again. And may we know, know this, God as our God, God who is so kind and generous and will abundantly give. And above all that we ask or think. So here was a short prayer. And sometimes we do offer up short prayers to the Lord, don't we? Sometimes perhaps we do have longer times in prayer, but sometimes a short prayer, an arrow prayer. You're perhaps driving around, you're wanting to find a car parking space, and you sort of, perhaps an arrow prayer to the Lord that you might find somewhere to park, and then perhaps a place becomes free. Perhaps this is one silly example, but you know, sometimes we do offer up um, short arrow prayers to the Lord. I think it were, I think I might have mentioned it here before. I can't remember something about Vernon Hyam, um, who would often go to I think it was the Westminster Conference, and always seemed to be able to park sort of right outside the venue. And uh, people asked him, uh, you know, about, about why, he, why he was able to part then. And, and then he sort of really went into great detail, saying, yes, uh, praying that I would get a, a space right outside. And people said, well, that's, that's taking a bit too far, sort of praying like that. And he says, I pray that far so I don't have to walk that far. Which was uh, knowing Burnham Hyam, as you do his sense of humor. But it's true, isn't it? So short prayers, often we, we, we offer to the Lord. But I'm sure there are times too when we spend a lot longer in prayer uh, good times in prayer. Our Lord spent nights in prayer. And if our Lord needed to pray, surely we do. But there was humility. There wasn't much humility, well, none, with the Pharisee, just boasting about himself. But here was a publican saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. So he, he recognized, and by his actions and by his words, recognized that he was a sinner, showed great humility. And may we learn humility. Our Lord Jesus uh, was one who was, showed great humility. In Philippians 2, we, we read there of the humility that he came into this world. Uh, took upon us, on him of human flesh and, you know, the, the humility of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should learn to be humble too. The Lord exalts the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, 
that he may exalt you in due time. Is that sort of the exalting that we want, not from ourselves or from other people, but from the Lord? And then that commendation at the end of our lives. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your eternal home. But of course, it's all, it's going to be humility, isn't it? May we learn to be humble. May we be taught to be humble. And this publican, yes, he was the one who was justified rather than the other. Rather than this Pharisee rather than the Pharisee. It was the publican who was accepted and loved. So may the Lord help us to pray, and may the Lord teach us humility and learn from the great Master and our Lord himself, who taught us how to pray and taught us humility And they said about learning from the Master. Well, there's no one better to learn from than the Lord himself. Just thinking of our, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, who was God, the great God, there upon that cross. And he could have called upon those legions of angels to help him and to put all his enemies to flight. In a moment, he was God. But no, in order that people like us can be saved, no, he endured the forsaking of God. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He took upon himself our sin and our guilt. As I said, and then his righteousness imparted, imputed over to us. So may we learn how to pray. And sometimes we might find it difficult to pray. Well, perhaps just pick a, pick a psalm or something to help us pray and just read the psalm. And that can help us if we're struggling with prayer. And there's many other prayers in, in the scripture that we can refer to not just in the Psalms. But there are so many principles there for, for prayer. And also, as we see in this passage, how we, should not, how we should not carry on, how we should not pray, because this Pharisee, of course, he, well, he didn't pray, did he? He was just really applauding himself. There was no humility There was no sense of sin. May we be those who have a sense of sin, but also joy, isn't it? Not to wallow on our our sin and uncleanness, but to realize that if we are the Lord's, that we've been saved from it, that we have a new life, we're new creatures in Christ, and we have joy, an exceeding joy that we have. And may the joy of the Lord be our strength, be seen 
in our lives. So it was a very familiar uh, passage to us, of course, but it's just some, just some sweet little thoughts uh, for us. But may we, may we know the righteousness of Christ and may we be uh, justified uh, by Christ. May indeed we know that justification by faith. And may we know that our place in heaven is all because of what the Lord has done. Glory is to him. We are to glorify God now. And then in heaven, that, that, that song, Worthy is the Lamb. What a song that will be. All the redeemed singing that song. The end of Handel's Messiah has that, the Worthy is the Lamb, isn't it? Tremendous ending to that oratorio. And that song in heaven will be, well, that will be countless times better than that, won't it? When all the redeemed of the Lord, all the saved, all the in perfect union and perfect unison, uh, praising God. So may we be helped to pray, may we learn humility, may we know the righteousness of Christ as our righteousness, not rely on our own righteousness. And may we bless the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the only saviour, isn't he? People are fretting around and scurrying around without hope. Or may they be drawn, may they be pointed to the one who can give them hope for now and then for eternity. May the Lord bless to us these few remarks. Amen. Talking of Vernon Hyam, one of his famous hymns, 120, Great is the Gospel of our glorious God, where mercy met the anger of God's rod. Our final hymn, 120.
above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us and to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end